Welcome to Hello Uglies, the only Drangular recap show covering Season 1, Episode 1, titled Wickedest Witch. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one terrible co-host from the Bloody Mary Podcast with Maria and Lori. Please say hello, Uglies, to Lori Roggenkamp. Shut up! That that would have broken my heart if I had heard (laughs) shut up on the... Okay, guys, guys, for everyone listening, if you're a new listener and whatnot, I I want to be up to... We're going to make this an intro show, but here's the weird turn of events. Lori and I just last week finished recording the season finale of season two of Dragula here for the private Patreon uh, supporters for RuPaul's Drag Race recap, and we've decided to release this into the wild. But we have to redo... Season 1, Episode 1, because when we recorded Season 1, Episode 1, it was very casual, and it, the sound was horrible. I wouldn't I think ev- I was laying down. <laughs> no, you weren't even laying point. down. You were, like, away from the microphone. It was awful. It was awful. Because <laughs> so, I was laying down. <laughs> maybe. And also, we didn't do a proper introduction of who we are. We just started doing it. So I wanted this to be a proper introduction to... And what's interesting is we're going to have all the insight that comes from watching the two seasons. No spoilers, but we're going to have all the insight, and we're going to work it into this Redux recap of Episode 1. Now, down the line, I'll probably release Episode 1. There were some sound issues, but maybe once you've heard us enough, you can forgive it. Maybe at the after Season 2 is done, we will release it. But first, I want to introduce myself. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am a podcaster. And one of my big podcasts is called RuPaul's Drag Race Recap, where we... um, Recap RuPaul's Drag Race. And uh, I host a bunch of other podcasts. We have a Patreon feed. It's a whole thing. And uh, we decided, my fr- my friend Lori Roggenkamp, who I'm going to bring on in a second, we decided we were going to recap this show called Dragula, which is available on YouTube and Amazon Prime. Uh, if you're in Canada, it's available on OutTV. It's available everywhere. But Lori Roggenkamp, Lori Roggenkamp is a friend. I've known her for, gosh... Probably about fifteen, you know, a little close to fifteen years. She is yeah. a stand-up comic. She is a sketch comic. She's one of the funniest people that I know. You guys are going to fall in love with her. Hello, Lori Roddenkamp. Hello, thank you very much. You'll yeah, also I... notice that Lori does gross things like talk too close to the microphone and just hawk up loogies right into the mic. I don't know why. I was literally that. just going to say that. I go. I'm most known for. <laughs> um. Thank you very much. That was a very sweet intro. I think that's the sweetest that that's ever you're ever going to be to me. Yeah, well, we, me. Know, we know what happens uh, the rest of the season, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I I was asked to do this Dragula recap show. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly honest with you, I thought it was a movie in the beginning. Because <laughs> <laughs> I it takes me a while to understand what things are. Uh-huh. So I was like, yeah, I'll do a movie. And then uh, you were like, okay, so it's about a seven-part series. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, okay. And then uh, I got hooked in, uh, which I feel like is the same way that, that Scientology hooks its people, where I, I keep going, what is this about? Mm-hmm. So, well, you that's know, you, how I got you bring up. A, I want to bring up a couple of things. One thing, it, it's so funny, is this is essentially the last episode of the run that we're doing until season three comes out. But uh-huh. for you guys listening at home, this is the first episode you're hearing. Everything else will be in sequential order. Season two, the sound was fine. For the record, by the inside tea, by the way, I think we mentioned this on season two, on episode two. 
Uh, we did season one in like April of 2017 or 2018, and then we recorded episode two in October. Like, there were six months in between. So episode two sounds great, and it'll come out sequentially. But one thing you should know is when Lori did episode one, even when she did episode two, she really knew very little about drag. And I'm not saying that you know way more now, Lori, no. about drag. But what I will say is we will see your arc of you growing about how much you learn about drag and try to appreciate it more over the course of the two seasons. Now, I also yeah. want to say this. I know I'm doing a lot of the talking, but I'm sorry. You guys are new to this. I have to be on. I want to be up. Well, I want to say this first. And I think, Lori, let, let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to say very positive things about the Boulay brothers right here. I want to say when I was watching this episode is that they looked so amazing in episode one. Like every oh, look yeah. was killer. Okay. But even throughout the season, I do think that the Boulay brothers do something really amazing. And I do think that the Boulay brothers are very talented. I think they're very charismatic. I think they're smart business people. And I actually do have a lot of respect for the Boulay brothers. Would you agree with that, Lori? Will you say some nice things about the Boulay brothers? <laughs> yes. I well. I will, and I've, I think I've mentioned this in different ways throughout the podcast, is that the thing that frustrates me is not that the I feel like the Boulay brothers are bad at their jobs or that they're not good performers. The thing that frustrates me is that they obviously are. They're obviously phenomenal performers, and they've built this whole career, and they have this show which seems which has popularity because it was a live show, but it's just like, what is this show like? What what is the show about? What are you trying to show? Because it's just like things that they'll show is like why why are you showing a, a two minute car ride, a five minute car ride? Like what why why are these things need to be shown? And so that's the thing that that infuriates me. But yeah, no, I throughout I w- I would say I think maybe one episode I was not a fan of of their looks, but that's I mean I think we should also clarify from the get go. I wear like one one shirt and one pair of pants <laughs> <laughs> every day. Now the uh, now Lori's made an interesting transition. The reason I said such nice things about the Boulay brothers up front is you should know, and we know this again because we've just finished two seasons worth of talking about Dracula. Is we take a very very critical eye towards this show, <laughs> and I think sometimes. Uh, we 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 poke fun at it, and and the one now I'm gonna say something a little bit critical about the Boulay brothers, and we touch on this a little bit. I don't get the sense that they have a really good sense of humor about themselves. No, and- I, I I think they think that they're hilarious, <laughs> but they're hilarious in the kind of way that like you know they're they're super serious about yeah. it. Oh, but you know what? Another thing I will say, and is, I was reminded of this in season one. Another popular, another uh, positive thing I'll say about the Boulay brothers. If I will say more than any other drag race show, I do think Dragula is one of the most diverse shows uh, uh, in terms of drag on television. You know, yeah. uh, they they have a really strong sense of diversity. You have black queens, you have Latino queens, uh, Asian people are featured, and you, which you don't really see as much diversity on other shows like RuPaul's Drag Race. And so I will say, I have to give it to the Boulay brothers that they really, really, really... Um, whether they know it or not, have done a lot in terms of promoting drag from diverse perspectives, even even including race, not just scary drag or alternative forms of drag. And so I don't think that, that's highlighted. Yeah, yeah, I will say that about them. But like I said, a, we make fun a lot of the production of... <laughs> 
of Dracula because they, they make some very questionable choices. And once again, that might not be the Boulay brothers' fault. A lot of it could be editing. A lot of it could be later on they realize they didn't get certain shots. But there are a lot of weird logic uh, problems and choices that they make. And, that, and maybe not the Boulay brothers personally, but there are a lot of choices made that are worth kind of making fun of. And I will say sort of the tone of the entire run of the show is really watching this show to make fun of it. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, also, I will say that um, having watched when I first I've watched the first season purely on YouTube. Yeah. And then and then I just watched this the the first episode for the first time on on Prime because it's available on Amazon Prime, the, mm-hmm. the first and second season. Mm-hmm. The first episode is amazing. Like the way that they re-edited it. It just shows that like editing, I think, is the is one of their bigger problems. Yeah. Because they have they have like a new intro, they have all this stuff, the way that they, they do cut twos, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. So I think that like they add so much more context, which is what's lacking, I feel like. It, what what I felt like was lacking in the when I f- watched the first episode the first time was was context. So I feel like that that really helped me. Um, you know, and I, I enjoyed it. I would say that this episode, the first episode is probably one of the better episodes of the entire series. Yeah. You know what? I, I, when I was rewatching it with that now new critical eye and I would, I'm going to, I'm going to tip my hand a little bit. I actually think the extermination challenge, if it's not the strongest extermination challenge, it's one of the strongest extermination challenges they have in the entire run of the series. Yeah, and it's the only extermination challenge I've seen, except for maybe one that we get to in season two. But it's the only extermination I've seen where specifically you can see who gets eliminated based off how they did in the extermination challenge. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up. It's so interesting. But like, what? So anyway, what I'm telling you guys is is actually I'm glad we're doing this season one, episode one, episode again, because we can use the the information we have from recapping the entire show on this episode. So sit back. We, we're going to not have any spoilers here if you're following along on Amazon Prime or on YouTube, but we're going to recap season one right now. And uh, just, but again, if you're a big Boulay Brothers stan, if you are a big uh, fa- stan of any of the drag queens who are on Dragula season one or two, you may not want to listen to this show. I'm just telling you right now. Uh, this is a show that sort of pokes fun at Dracula. And, and I will say that, you know, take it with the eye of, you know, Joe Joe is like, I would say I do most of the poking fun mm-hmm. at the show. And I'm coming from somebody who doesn't know that much about drag to begin with, who's really coming at it from a thematic point of view and who's learned over time a little bit more about drag. But I would say that, you know, I mean, again, I wear like one pair of clothes for the whole day. You know, I live in Orange County with my aunt. You know, I, I, I'm a teacher's aide. Like, like, let's not, I, you know, yeah, yeah, no, but don't, I, but we don't, don't feel like you have to be like, oh, who does she think she is? I know who I am. I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody. So well, I think if anyone saw you, they wouldn't think you were. They wouldn't. Yeah, think, exactly. Yeah. You know, I I'm like the walking version of a person you think would criticize somebody for for, for chasing their dreams. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, but what I'm, but Lori, don't overly <laughs> but apologize I, for I the show. I applaud them for doing it. Don't overly apologize for the show. I just want, I'm just giving a trigger warning to the people who listen. Like, this isn't a, this isn't a show we're going to be like going like, work girl, yes, Loris, you know? No. Oh, God. No. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't get me started on Loris. Yeah. Well, actually, let's that... jump right into it. This week, we meet the Boulay brothers and their cast of ghoul friends. The girls compete in a Wicked Witch of the West challenge and throw a little shade at each other in the makeup room. Foxy Ajue, Sochi Mochi, Vander Van Ad, and Frankie Doom are named the top looks of the week, while Loris, Meatball, and Pinche Queen were placed in the bottom three. During the elimination challenge, the girls were buried alive to see which of the queens could last the longest. In the end, Pinche Queen was burned at the stake, leaving only eight queens remaining. Remaining, Lori Roggenkamp, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. So I, th- it was hard to choose what I liked. Not like uh, from from the things, because I felt like, again, I felt like this episode was strong. I really liked, so I watched this episode on Prime. I really loved the intro. The intro was this uh, British guy who had the mustache of a walrus. <laughs> so that was nice. Uh-huh. Um and he he basically it was kind of like it reminded me a lot of like Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm-hmm. and it was like let me bring you on a journey, and he kind of like and he introed it like it was like a um he was gonna show it was like essentially showing us like a series of like kind of like a you know like a fact or fiction kind of series or a strange you know strange events kind of thing mm-hmm. and i like i thought that was cool i liked how they set that up because it made it seem like it was more mystical or or like it actually happened you know so mm-hmm. i like that premise and also it was like it made sense <laughs> like the, mm-hmm. you know and then i will say uh the other thing i really liked which we talked about already was the extermination so i won't say use that as my second one so the thing that i really liked was um i thought that overall i felt like the looks for the challenge were good Mm -hmm. i like those um and then i guess the one thing i didn't like was loris (laughs) (laughs) well i have news for you if you don't like him you better get used to him he's gonna be around for a while uh yeah, right off the bat, he said that he he had just turned 20, 21, and he's a vegan. And I'm just going to make a blanket statement here right now. Mm-hmm. No 21-year-old vegan is ever an interesting or good person. <laughs> um, they're all just raging jackasses, man or woman, uh-huh. uh, gay or straight, uh-huh. right uh, across the board race. They are the worst people. Uh-huh. Um and nobody wants them to nobody wants to talk to them nobody wants to have anything to do with them and it's i think it's just because they think that they know everything that there is to know about anything mm-hmm. and it's exhausting and that's what Loris is to me is is just purely exhausting so all right very good uh two things I liked about the episode i really liked not just the looks in the challenge but across the board like i mentioned this earlier the boulet brothers from that intro when they're walking into their quote-unquote mansion when they uh introduce the the challenge the floor show challenge when they take the girls out back for the extermination challenge they look fantastic across the board in the entire episode so and then the girls themselves in this challenge looked really 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 good like they were actually really wasn't a bad look in the bunch i don't think um yeah 
I don't know why you were afraid to say it. The extermination challenge was, I, it was one of my favorite things. I think it's one of the best extermination challenge, if not the best extermination challenge you will see in the entire run of the f- series so far. Partially, I'm be- afraid of shit, Joe. I wasn't afraid to say it. I was just letting you say it, okay? <laughs> don't say I'm afraid of something. I'll fight you. <laughs> and then finally, um, the thing I didn't like, and... This is a theme, really, in season one. They get a little better in season two, even though we make fun of this. But the editing is atrocious, and that that judgment, and this is across the board throughout the entire season, The when they actually sit there and critique the girls, oh my god, it goes forever. In fact, you want to hear something? I happened to pause it. I had to like do something right when the judgment started, and I saw that it started around the 18-minute mark. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, good, we're almost done. And it said 23 minutes to go. And uh, I was like, oh, my God. And that's because, yeah. you know, oh, gosh, maybe like at least 15 minutes of it is just them critiquing the girls. At least 15 minutes. Yeah. It could be like 17. Is them just yeah. critiquing the girls. And it's um, it's dreadful. It, 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 and they just they literally show you every single thing. At least on RuPaul's Drag Race, they have the sense to edit the judgment down to about three or four minutes. No, here it's like 15 minutes. And you can tell. Well, we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, yeah. I, I would say a solid two minutes is taken for them to flip through their papers on their clipboard <laughs> just to get to the to their, oh, okay. And then they would say something. So they flip, 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 flip. And I didn't like your shoes. That's it. Thank you. Well, that's the thing, too. I'm, I'm going to add to this is because you re- it really is apparent in the judgment. The sound quality is awful. Yeah. It's awful. It's, it's, it's like. <sighs> yeah. You definitely can tell that, like, you know how they say, like, just go out and do something. It's like, well, go out and do something, but also make sure you have a sound person. I know. Because exactly. that the there was I felt like constantly it was like, are you filming this in a wind tunnel? Mm-hmm. It was not good. All right, let's meet the monsters. First, the Boulay brothers, Drakmorda and Swanthula, accompanied by their manservant Israel, make their way through a cemetery and into the mausoleum where the contestants are bound with bags over their heads. We meet each of the queens and learn about the main challenge. Before we get into any of these queens or anything, Laurie, what were your thoughts on them walking in? I feel we talked about this. Well, this is the first time yeah. we see... The and you'll hear us talk about this a lot, especially in season one. This is the first time we see the quintessential Boulet Brothers ultimate slow mo walk. Yes, I was noticing. I did. I did notice that this is the. I think after this season, I don't think we see them walk no, that much anymore. They don't. They just stand there. Yeah. I think they realized that it just took up too much time getting from point A to point B. <laughs> and I think also, I just think it's like you could just tell. I, obviously, Swanthula is better at it than Drakmorda. And you can just tell, especially when they're walking down the stairs, Drakmorda's just like, don't fall. Don't. <laughs> hold on. Don't fall. Well, hold on. <laughs> just to explain to the audience, if you're new to Dracula, Swanthula is the shorter one, is the best way to put it. And Drakmorda yeah. is the taller one who, who talks like this. Like, yeah. a, like a gay Ray Romano. He's gay Romano. <laughs> He's gay Romano. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i just i i just thought that was funny watching because then like again this is a, a thing that i i'm gonna bring up we saw them walk 
through the cemetery to mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. Then we saw them walk down the hall. Mm-hmm. Then we see them walk downstairs. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like, why? What was the need for all that walking? And mostly throughout that walking, we were watching Drac Morta sweating bullets because <laughs> she was afraid that she was going to fall down. Yeah. It's like, why are we watching so much walking? So that, yeah, yeah we that could, was You know crazy. what's so funny is we could have totally seen them walk to the... Mo- okay, well, first of all, they, what I realized in this episode, they call it their mansion. But uh, and, I, and I told Lori this. I actually know that cemetery. It's Home of Peace Cemetery in East L.A. And the exterior is the mausoleum at Home of Peace Cemetery in East L.A. And so we see them walk up to the door. But when they go inside, they're not at Home of Peace anymore. But what we see them go inside with um, Israel is you could have just had them go inside and then they... There are the girls. Yeah. You know, from an editing standpoint, it's not like everyone's going like, wait a minute. They open a door and the girls are there? Like, no one's caring. Yeah, nobody would be like, what's going on? Where did they come from? How long did it take? Did they have to go through a hallway and down some stairs? I don't know what the, I don't know the specifics. I want it to be true to life. And if we lived in a mansion, they wouldn't be right there because then the sunlight would hit them. I think honestly, I feel like throughout the show, that's the literally they have arguments where they go, I feel like we need to show that we're walking through, you know, it's just like, who cares? So, yeah, that, but I will say this their look was amazing on point. I, it's, yeah, it's, it is the quintessential Boulay Brothers look. And one of the done. things that I love about their looks throughout in this, and this, I feel like right off the bat showcases it is mm-hmm. that not only are their looks good, but they are really good at having a look that contrasts with their environment. Yeah. So I feel like one of the things like with this look, when they were walking through the cemetery and then now is like, this is like this, it just contrasted really well with, with the cemetery. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean that, yeah, you, you could say I can, bitch to high heaven about the semantics of the show but these looks are freaking amazing well you know you touched on something one of the things i've always sort of admired about them is and i don't know how they do it they can take very and i don't know if i'm going to explain this correctly but when they can take very simple movements that in any other way would be sort of normal but they sort of capture them and do them in such a way that they actually do seem scary like for instance you know, in, in the intro, at, at when it gets to the end and they do, they're holding their hand, their their the middle hands are holding each other, you have their other hand out, and then they just sort of laugh. They're just laughing, but why does it seem so scary the way they're doing the laugh? You don't hear Because them. it's so uneasy. So it just makes you feel scared. You're like, why? What? What's happening? <laughs> Mommy, daddy, don't fight. <laughs> but it, 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 it seems like the way ghouls would invite you into your nightmare. If you, if you landed in hell, what would greet you at the gates of hell? Are yeah. them like laughing. But it's just a simple laugh. But they, they, it's the way they move their hands. They sort of nail that sort of Elvira, Vampira way of making things, ordinary things seem scary. All right, so yeah. let's actually get to the queens. The first queen that we uh, run into is Sochi Mochi. Uh, do you want to think about Sochi Mochi? Uh, well, can I say just in general, yeah. I loved I loved how they took off these friggin' uh, bean sacks that they had these queens wear. Because mm-hmm. you know that they probably bitched and moaned about having to put them on. Yeah. And then the, each of them struggled. Like it was like they were having a plastic bag put over their head. Yeah. But yeah, Sochi Mochi, I just, 
I love how each every single one of them looks like oh like what's happening where am i and it's like you know where you are you had to be put here and have a bag put over your head. Like, well even the guy in the intro says you know when he's saying like what led these people these drag queens to choose to go to a mansion and in the middle of the night and put bags and like yeah you even acknowledge that they chose to be there yeah exactly so and that'll be brought up a couple of times like when they get to the last queen and they're everybody's shocked at who it is and it's like you know who that is you were there when they were there like we all know who everybody is so yeah i just uh it it was i think it's just it's constantly a look of like is my face okay is my hair messed up okay where am i (laughs) like literally those are the two emotions that they show well you know what why don't we want because there's no use in really going through like oh i thought this and this is give me the one word you would use to give me your feelings about sochi mochi oh i don't know um fine okay we have ursula major beard yeah that's a good one i will say that that this is how little i knew about drag is when i first saw ursula major i didn't know that drag queens had beards so yeah. i was floored by that in the beginning so yeah, i think you were still on the stage and i think dragula has taught you otherwise that you had to be fishy to be a drag queen yeah i thought you had to be like which i now know what fishy means too mm-hmm. so um I thought you had to be, you had to look like a girl mm-hmm. in order. And so, yeah. So now I've, I realized so that, yeah. So her, her, she completely changed. Like I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. Okay. Next we have, uh, now Foxy Ajoué, just so you know, for anyone listening to future reference, Ajoué is a play on the French term joué, which means to play with. So it's a play on that word. So Foxy Ajoué, what were your? Th- Give me the one word, one bullet point thought on Foxy Ajoué. Oh, honey, <laughs> she just—I just feel like she just right off the bat. I guess it's just because watching it from the first time, you could just tell that she just is like so overwhelmed from the get. Mm-hmm. So I just feel so bad. But yeah, I just. Uh, her outfit just looks weird. In even in the beginning, I feel yeah. like she just didn't exactly know what to wear to present herself as like a drag monster. And yeah, so I just, ugh, I just felt, oh, honey, <laughs> is what I felt. All right, next down the line is Vander Von Odd. Uh, I guess uh, um, superb. I felt like she, uh-huh. she, I really liked her crown. Mm-hmm. I liked, um, I feel right off the bat that she had, uh, a, like she knew what she was and she, she, she played it, mm-hmm. uh, right off the bat. So, All right. very good. What about Meatball? Sesame Street. You know what's so funny though is, the first time watching this, and so it's so I'm gonna I'm gonna articulate some feelings I had the first time watching this show, so that if you if you're new to watching this show, you can know you're not you're not alone. Is they 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 made a casting mistake, and they and they cast three heavy people of color that look kind of the same ish, you know? When yeah. You have uh, Meatball, Frankie Doom, and Ursula Major. Uh, Ursula Major, you can kind of tell because she's a big giant beard. But yeah. um, but it's kind of hard to differentiate them sometimes. But 
And I think because of that, it was hard for me. And even then, you know, even on this episode, because we do know that uh, Pinche Queen went home. Pinche Queen was sort of in that camp too. But we do know I, I, how everyone does now. And I, I was able to differentiate them more now as I was watching season one, episode one, all over again. And I will say I was able to look at uh, with a new eye at Meatball. And she's actually very strong. And I don't yeah. think I would have, I think in the first time around, I don't think I gave her the credit that she deserved. Yeah, I will say also that um, her her she has some cut twos in the prime mm-hmm. uh, vi- uh, version, and I feel like her, the prime version really differentiates her from from um, Pinche and Ursula and Frankie Doom. Well, yeah, you know what Laurie's talking about is there. So the the little bit of brief history about Dragula is it was produced by the show. Uh, hey Queen, a YouTube show, and so they produced it for their YouTube channel on uh, um, thus YouTube, and it was available for free. And it sort of has that low budget quality that you would sort of expect from a YouTube channel. Then, in, in the in recent years, it's been bought. The catalog has been bought by Amazon Prime and Out TV. At Out TV, I think now is a co-producer, and Amazon Prime now has the show on there. And they've given them some money, and so they've they've gone back and they've reworked some of the episodes. So if you watch it on YouTube, it's going to be different from the the episodes you see on Amazon Prime, just a little bit. They've added some confessionals, and they've added some. Um, I think in season one they added those cold opens, though, didn't they? Yeah, in season yeah, they added the cold opens, which isn't a regular thing on the YouTube, but then in season 2 it becomes a regular thing on both yeah. on both the YouTube and the Prime. Yeah. So on and so on Amazon Prime there is a dip. You get more content on the Amazon Prime version cuz they went back and they also they they do something they don't do on YouTube which is they put um name titles under them occasionally. So you kind of know who's talking which the YouTube channel version doesn't. Uh okay, next up is Loris. Loris, first of all, you should know is her real name. She's born in Switzerland. She didn't learn English until the fourth grade, and she was originally known as Circuit Vane, but changed it just to her real first name. Loy Roggenkamp, your thoughts on Loris? My my thoughts are an action, which I can't do because you can't see it, so I'm just going to describe. It's taking off my glasses and pinching my nose <laughs> in exhaustion. <laughs> that's all it is. Okay, it that's just- yeah, you can tell that they're setting up Loris here to be sort of like the villain of the show or the annoying one. Yeah, they're not setting up anything. She's doing it on her own. She's just friggin' annoying. Like, uh-huh. She's just she. I counted it, and she takes she takes almost twice as long to take off her dumb bag and hand it to Israel than any other person. Now, let me so ask you a it's like she just can't help herself. Let me ask you a question. This, and because we're doing this redux, this is the one probably time that we'll do this entire episode, therefore the entire run of the show. But I, I do want – this is a good place to talk about it is do you think the Boulay brothers intentionally cast the annoying – like, okay. I almost wonder – this is why I feel bad criticizing the Boulay brothers is because in both seasons – the really annoying person is like a skinny white blonde girl. And so yeah. uh, that's what I'll say. Abhora sort of fills in the Loris role in season two. And they're very similar to the point where like I even kind of confuse them sometimes in my head. Um, now that yeah, I'm watching that. season one again, I'm like, oh, wait, they look nothing alike. But they're both just really annoying, loudmouth, know-it-all white people. Um yeah. Did you have the same yeah. reaction to Abhor that you did to Loris? 
I will say that for me, Loris is more just like, uh, I will say yes in, in general, but for me, Loris is just more just like, I grew up with, you know what she reminds me of? She reminds me of so many people I went to high school with. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like maybe I'm being too uh, picky, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I'm going to disagree with my previous statement. I'm not being picky enough. She's a terrible person. Um, no, so I just, you know, it's just, she's just so young and she's so, um, but she just thinks she knows everything and, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like with Abhora, the thing that frustrated me the most was just her, the way that she victimized herself, mm-hmm. that she just kind of threw crap at a wall until something mm-hmm. stuck. So I feel like Loris does the similar things, but in different ways. So maybe yes, but just in different ways i don't know i just i feel like laura's just frustrates me Mm -hmm. and the thing is that she's she's talented like i do genuinely think she had a good outfit in in her thing but she she it was clunky the reveal was clunky but instead of taking the criticism which almost everyone else did Mm -hmm. who got critiqued she said well i feel like they should have seen the performance and just like the performance it's just like okay you know you're here on a competition show Take the critique. You know, so, we we're just doing like one word sort of gut reactions about Morris, right? Uh, you know, I will say this and going forward, I know this is our first episode, mm-hmm. but going forward, I think people are going to see more and more is that it was really, really stupid of you to think that I could do a one word thing. <laughs> that I think was the thing that, so really it's your fault because Frankie Doom. <laughs> Meeple? <laughs> Pinche Queen. Uh, oh, Pinche Queen, I actually was like, she's kind of hot. You're a lesbian. I you know. You're a hot woman. Okay. Her hips were really nice. I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's okay. it. And Melissa, oh, I'm gonna talk about Melissa. The, Melissa, Melissa B. Fierce now is my Loris. Melissa B. Fierce. <laughs> was she that? Was she? T- was that because of the whole thing about how she dis? Yeah, let, dis- let me explain to everybody who's listening. If you didn't listen on the Patreon run of the show, is this Melissa B. Fierce? Towards the end of the show, I ask Lori. I say, look, of all the girls on this show, I'm gonna invite one of them to be on this show. Who would you like to interview the most? And she says, you know what? I wouldn't mind talking to Melissa B. Fierce. I go, you got to make it happen. So I text Melissa, uh, not text, I email Melissa B. Fierce. And I say, listen, we have this Dragula recap show and we would love to have you on this show. And she says, I would love to be on your show. And I go, great. And we pick a day, tell her what time, flakes. I email her, never responds. So I don't like this Melissa B. Fierce. I, you know what? Just say no. I, I would have had more respect for her if she said no. Okay? Remember in season two, it's weird. I have more respect for James Majesty because at least James Majesty was like, pay me. You know? And yeah. I was like, mm, I don't have to pay you. Like, how much, right? how much are you going to give me sort of thing? So What the fuck is that noise? Sorry. That's my alarm to let me know that um, I have to start working soon. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't like this Melissa B. Fierce. And well, like- I will also say that one of the things that frustrated me again, which I got I alluded to before, was the shock and surprise that everybody had that she was there. Mm-hmm. 
the fact that oh, what Melissa B. Fierce is Melissa here. Melissa B. Fierce. Oh, She's I drag did, royalty. I thought, what? I didn't notice anybody was standing there. <laughs> it's like a canary, you know, yeah. when they have the cover on, they don't notice it. Is it? Is it? Is that an invisible person? So. Okay, so we've run through all the queens who've given our gut reactions. All right, in the makeup room, the girls get ready for the runway. While they apply their makeup, they have a discussion about the different challenges that have faced them in their drag careers and what they anticipate for the competition. You know what? That's accurate, I guess, if you're making a TV guide thing. But really, it's about Loris being a bitch and talking about how she's a vegan. Yeah. Well, she brings up the fact that, like, as soon as she turned 21, she became an automatic alcoholic. <laughs> She like couldn't stop. Well, first off, the whole the whole thing felt like a conversation that somebody was having with a producer where we just saw one side of the conversation. Yeah. So it's just like we first start off with um what's his face? Ursula Major talking about his tattoos mm-hmm. and how he wanted to have art on his body, mm-hmm. you know, that that well, nobody else could take because you're just gonna have to pin me down and skin me if you want to take it. Which mm-hmm. is like, who would who's gonna take your art? <laughs> who would take your tattoo? Like, what are you not gonna make payments on them? Is that what you're saying? Or you know, so it's I just feel so weird. A lot of people like that. And I feel like something we we probably see on the show a lot where they make these like weird straw man arguments. Like, there's like no one's said that they're gonna do this, but they're like, you know what? I really like to play Scrabble. And if you have a problem with that, then you're going to yeah. come fight me. You're like, yeah. Does anybody have a problem with you playing Scrabble? Yeah. Nobody's nobody's talked to you about. Honestly, I feel like the producer's like, what do you have to say to people who would say that Scrabble is for assholes who should go to the who should be in the Holocaust? You know what? Like, they have something problem. Like they come talk to me because I don't. I'm not going to put up with that shit. You know, I, I'm going to tell you what too. My favorite letters are Q, X, and Z. And I know a lot of people think they can't make words with them. I can make words with them. And so don't you, don't you ever. Ever come for that? I will do mow you down, Scrabble, Scrabble your head. <laughs> what were we talking about? Yeah, that's exactly. So, so we do that. So then that, and then we see uh, Foxy as you talk about her being able to win, which Why? is you like God bless her, you. You did this last time too. So at least it'll be consistent with the season. You keep calling her Foxy a Jew, like and it's that's a friend of Foxy. Ajou. It's Ajue. Ajue? Ajue. I thought it was Foxy Ajou. No, it's Foxy Ajoué. Oh, I thought she. I thought she was. She was trying to be like, "There's a Foxy Jew near me." <laughs> I'm pointing that out. Like like Scarlett Johansson of all of a sudden by her. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so Foxy Ajoué, uh, she starts talking about how she's going to win, which is mm-hmm. just like, oh dear. Okay. Yeah. Um. But she says it in such a weak, meek voice that mm-hmm. you're just like, nobody believes you. <laughs> um, not even you. And then Loris, of course, goes into her whole thing mm-hmm. about how she, as soon as she turned 21, she became an alcoholic mm-hmm. and she had to stop drinking because she was new to the club scene. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she started talking about being vegan. And then uh, somebody talks about how her and Pinche have the same outfit, which that's a through line throughout throughout this thing which i don't see so maybe mm-hmm. i'm totally wrong but i don't i didn't really notice that anybody else had a similar outfit i didn't see that i didn't notice that either yeah everybody i feel like it's just like if you have like a similar theme maybe but i didn't see like like they were both wearing like unitards mm-hmm. but it's like so what who cares um 
But yeah, so it's just like a weird, it was just a weird, like everything was like almost like starting. You were just seeing one side of a conversation. So, and then, uh, uh, Loris made the the thing about the joke about how how she has leather and then everybody's like, Oh, aren't you vegan? And then she said, "Oh, if you go through the my vest and see you find any leather, mm-hmm. I'll give you three hundred dollars for my checking account as soon as I get it." It's like what? Mm-hmm. Why? It's just, it was just torture. It was torture watching her try and have fun with people because you know that that's like the first time that she's actually done that. Yeah. No, I know. I know what you mean. All right, let's move on. Let's go to the floor show. The girl, the ghouls walk the runway in their best Wicked Witch couture. As they walk the runway, a bucket of water is thrown on them. Side note by Israel. Uh, <laughs> is wearing a Dorothy costume, which I was like, that is a level of commitment that I didn't realize they had. Yeah. And the queen. Uh, that was funny. And then the queens pretend to be melting on the stage. Lori Roddenkamp, your thoughts on there? Oh, by the way, this Israel was throwing water on them the whole time. Yes. Dress, oh, that's addressed uh, as Dorothy. <laughs> Wait, is that true? We only learned this in the um, when they do the, the 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 lost episode or something like that, or the extra scenes. No, because they they were showing they did like a cut to I forgot who he was throwing it to, but there was like one where he was like in frame and he wasn't supposed to be in frame, mm-hmm. and he's like getting out of frame and he's dressed in a, a Dorothy outfit. So it's just funny to me that he like the whole time was dressed in a Dorothy outfit and like didn't need to be. Yeah, and he was just like, I don't know. I feel like it's you yes. know it's part of my thing. Yeah, I feel like Israel is like just a meta actor. And he like nobody notices. I will say he might be the best actor on the show. He because he never breaks character. He doesn't. No. No, he doesn't. Uh, any any particular look that stood out to you on the floor show, Lori? I will say that I did love Vander Van Odd's look. Um, I thought her look was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I even Loris I thought had a had a. I felt like everybody overall it was a strong look. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. The person that I was a little kind of disappointed by, which is what they talked in the liberal deliberations, was Pinche Queen. Yeah. I felt like it was a little... I didn't necessarily get why she painted her face all black. Like, I thought that was yeah. a weird choice. And it also doesn't serve to help very much because now I don't know what Pinche Queen looks like. That's yeah. That's been my big complaint about the show. You never get to see what they look like out of drag. Oh, you know, I came up with this new theory, by the way. What? I think they don't show what they look out of drag. I think that's something that's very sensitive to the Boulay brothers because they realized they're very protective of they you don't know their real names. Uh and oh, also they're yeah. very protective. They're you never see them you it, you do see them out of drag, but it's very rare. And even when they are out of drag, they do something to sort of really kind of hide what they look like out of drag. So they'll put some sort of weird wig on or uh, eye like contact lenses, or they'll have a beard. They always look something you don't ever see what they look like walking around in real life. And so I think that's something that's important to them that no one, that they always are the Boulay Brothers characters. Maybe they're like, well, these people are going the same way. No one wants to see what they look like as boys either. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I guess, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense then. Is that they kind of just wanted to be the character, mm-hmm. but I, I think I think they're forgetting, which is a, something you've brought up, which is a good point. Is that when you see them out of drag and then you see them in drag, it helps identify them. Yeah, 
when they're it's sort of like when you're walking at night and you turn on a light real fast and then you turn it off just to kind of get a sense Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it's like okay now i can differentiate but when you just see them in drag it's a little difficult well this season and this episode is very important because i'm not saying that frankie doom and meatball and pinche queen and ursula doom all look alike but when they're buried under all this makeup then yeah, it's hard to differentiate them. I'm, I'm sure if we saw them as boys, it would be much easier to different, differentiate between them or among them on the floor show. Because we, yeah. would, we would kind of have a basic idea of their structure. Where I think it's really hard to do that when you don't know what they look like as boys and they kind of have the same shape and the same skin color. And you're like, I don't know who this is. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Right. But um, I thought everybody did a... a a good job and then when they threw the water on i thought it was i thought it was uh funny to see the people who took it full on the face Mm -hmm. because then their makeup almost like zoshi moshi her makeup basically just washed off almost immediately yeah so i thought that was funny i i did think it was i really did like how loris reacted to the water i will say that i thought when they because they went right from the water splashing to her reaction i thought that was a good so i mean as much as i don't like her I thought that her reaction to the water was was really good. One thing I was thinking about was go Israel like the 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 big giant blob of water always hit them in the face. Well, it was Xander. I felt or Vander Van Odd. Um, she she moved, so it didn't hit her. In the, it hit her in like in the back. Okay, and I think she was one of the only ones who was smart enough to to figure out not to have it hit her full on. In yeah, the but face. what I'm thinking, how did Israel get it to hit them in the face? The matter you're just throwing a bucket of water. How do you get it to land on their face every single time? Maybe they don't know when it's coming. Maybe they're just sort what of like that have see. Have to do with Israel throwing it on their face? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like, they he... told him that it had to be on the face. But how was his know. aim so good? He's Israel. <laughs> I don't... That's Israel, baby. Okay, That's how Israel let... do. Let Let's go to the biggest. The biggest. Ch- I'm not. I'm not even being funny either. The biggest chunk of the episode. Judgment. Uh, after a lengthy judges panel, Vander von Odd was named the winner of the challenge, while Fo- Fo- Fochi, Sochi, Foxy, and Frankie Doom were placed in the top. Melissa B. Fierce and Ursula were safe, while Loris, Pinche Queen, and Meatball were in the bottom three. Lori Roggenkamp, you're... Well, let's move on, actually. In the uh, For the elimination challenge, the bottom three were forced to face off in a terrifying elimination as they were all placed in coffins with their hands at their sides. Israel, the Boulay brothers' manservant, then shoveled dirt onto the coffin. After some terrifying moments of listening to the dirt hit the coffin and having the dirt hit the girls in the face, mealworms were released into the coffins. Finally, the girls were sprayed with water before being released from the coffins. While all of the girls survived the challenge, only two of the three girls would return the next week. At the end of the episode, we find Pinche Queen tied to a stake at the hands of the Boulay brothers, who light a torch, set her on fire to meet her grizzly and Lori Roggenkamp. Any final thoughts on the episode? You guys think you can talk about the long, you know, judgment and everything that happened yeah. up to them. Also, I'd like to mention just right off the yeah. bat, just get used to me not pronouncing names correctly. Yeah. I mean, if you think if you think that this is this is the only the beginning, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um I uh I, I do find it funny. The one thing I will say about the judgment, because it was just long, but the one thing I will say that I genuinely laughed out loud, and I don't think they meant it on purpose, but it was just a funny moment for me, was when they first brought Sochi Mochi on 
and they went on and on about how great she was and how she was so so scary and so terrifying and and they were like you were the scariest and your performance was great but the winner was van (laughs) (laughs) just like what (laughs) just like you know it's almost like hey i really like you you're really great but Mm -hmm. i'm actually going to start fucking this other person um so just forget about what i said about earlier because all that's moot because you Mm -hmm. didn't win yeah um and then with the with the uh the extermination the one thing that i thought was so sad which i don't understand why pinche didn't just move her head she literally was right below the vent where the stuff came down so everything that came down went right into her mouth and i just was like just scoot up a little bit like why do you have to be right down to the where the vent is and I feel like, and one of, so the, the reason why I think, honestly think she was eliminated is because they said you have to keep your hands at your side the whole time. And she immediately from moment one was like trying to get stuff out of her face. So I feel like that's why they were like, okay, well, she's done. Well, okay. Can I give my final thoughts? No. Okay. Well, so that, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I have a couple yeah, things. Well, in the judgment, so they had a guest judge named Darren Stein. I want to talk about this Darren Stein for first of all. They're like, Led, he's a legendary director of the gay cult classic Jelly Bean. Is that what it was called? Jawbreaker. Yeah. Jawbreaker. Darren Stein. And then you're like, okay, I mean, I guess, sure, whatever. I, I don't know all movies, <laughs> Everything right? it was about goddamn Jawbreaker. Yeah, yeah. Those goes, shoes inspired me to wear, do Jawbreaker. Well, remember, remember, I, that's, that's what I was going to say. Remember he tells Foxy Ajoy he liked her immediately because her name was Foxy and he had a character named Foxy in Jawbreaker? He like, was just trying his hardest to f- figure out a way to shoehorn Jawbreaker yeah, I was like, into okay, the conversation. Okay. Yeah. That was that was annoying. I was like, okay, we get it. You were you directed this movie called Jawbreaker. Okay, if it was me, because I like doing this. I don't know if you because you probably had to deal with more hoity-toity people. But mm-hmm. just recently, I've had to deal with more people who are like, oh, when I was on when I directed this, and I'd be like, wait, what did you do? <laughs> just like I've been like, wait, what? You you direct a Jawbreaker? What? Yeah. yeah, that piece of shit. I've never even heard... I don't know if anyone's ever heard of this movie or seen this movie. I don't know. Okay, uh, moving on. Also, I wanted to say that, you know, it's something that's really... I don't know if it's all season one or if it's just this episode, but when the Boulay brothers are talking to the girls directly, you can obviously tell they're not in the same room as they are. Yeah. That they recorded it later, and the girls are like... like First of all, whenever they cut back to the girls, the girl the sound is completely cut off. They're in complete silence. Like, they put it on mute. Yes. You know? And then the Boulay brothers sound great and their lighting is great. But then they cut back to the girls and their lighting is shitty and have no sound. So they're clearly cut. And, all, and the background is completely black. They're in some sort of, like, little black box and, and taping this. So Yeah. I love how... And then also I love how touched the 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 drag queens look whenever they say like a, a compliment they're like oh thank you <laughs> it's just like you know that that's like a producer going like okay and so uh drag morta wanted me to say that you thought you were scary <laughs> Shantula so, also agreed so just look like you care oh is that your theory no my theory is that they, the boulet brothers were there and the sound was just so shitty and the line so shitty they're like I will not put up with this. And then they put their their fingers to their temples and exploded the crew's brains. <laughs> and then they were like, "No, we're going to do this." Foreshadowing. 
um, and also, I already said I think one of the best extermination challenges. Now, I don't know if you, I don't think you touched on this, but I was looking at it though. I was looking at how Pinche reacted during this, and you can tell because if you're actually going about who did the best in the challenge, now fight me on this. Maybe maybe you don't agree with me. If you're actually talking about who went, who was, well, let me say who was worst in the challenge. I would say argue that Meatball was, but Meatball was better television. But okay, Loris was like the you know that horrible, stupid like. Yes, daddy. You know, piss on oh, daddy. That when he, when she was like, "Is somebody peeked?" Like, yeah, that's what they're doing. They're gonna <laughs> yeah. pee on. And by you. the way, who pees in like giant yeah. streams like that? Yeah. What is your what is their urethra garden hose? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like no, nobody. And he's like, "Oh, give it to me, daddy." Get, it's like, ugh, okay. Yeah. Yes, that's that's exactly everything sexual with you because you're <laughs> a weirdo. <laughs> and then and then I but I felt that um. Pinche Queen was very stoic during the whole thing. And there well, were worse things happening to, to Pinche than to anybody else. Uh, she, she wasn't stoic. She just had mouthful of crap in her mouth because she was right under the vent. Yeah. She was silenced. But That's was, the main thing. But she got it worse than everybody and she lived through it. So I feel that she should have actually in a weird kind of way won the challenge. But she was boring television. It was boring to watch Pinche in that coffin because she was insane. Like at least Meatball was giving you like no ma'am no ma'am you know and then Laura's- that, was- <laughs> that was my favorite <laughs> and she was yelling no ma'am yeah, no ma'am <laughs> this is the kindest most serious <laughs> scream for help yeah it was just but i honestly think i mean at the end when they interviewed the um the drag queens that were left you know, and they interviewed Pinche and they interviewed Loris and they interviewed Ursula. Pinche just looked tired. I mean, she was even saying like, you know, she just, she, you know, my personality is just, is just above and beyond everybody else's. And I was like, what personality? Mm-hmm. Like, what have you shown? That's so I just think she just was like possibly either overwhelmed or something. But yeah, I just, I feel like, you know. She just kind of was like, oh, I, she just didn't necessarily know what she was getting herself into. Yeah. But yeah, I feel awful for her because the vent was right there. And right so there. immediately she she raised up her hands to block the. Oh, <laughs> what you weren't allowed to do. No, you had to keep your hands. At, oh. Which I will say Meatball did towards the end. But sh- but Pinche did that from go. Mm-hmm. She had her right. hands up by her face. You think you're right. I think you're completely right. Okay. Okay. So, all right, have we con- have we given all our thoughts on episode one, season one of Dragula? I will say that this this pilot offers a lot of promise. Okay. So I I just say just be interested to find out how the how it goes as far as like, but with the, what I what I saw today, I was like, okay, I if I had seen this the first time around, I probably would have been a lot more optimistic about the second episode. You did because I remember the watching around. the first episode and being like, "Oh, I don't know what's going to happen." Oh, so. I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now that you know what's coming, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, you know what? That's that, this is a good way to close up the episode. Now that you've seen the whole seasons and both seasons, and without giving any spoilers or anything, what would be the two things you like about the entire run of the show and the one thing you don't? Uh, well, I think I've said it. Is I love the the Boulay brothers' looks. Mm-hmm. I feel like they no even even in scenes where I don't understand what they're doing, their looks are great. Mm-hmm. 
And the but the thing that I most the thing that I don't understand is the semantics of the show. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they have to have long walks. Yeah. But then they don't show us parts of conversations that I feel like should be shown. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like they they purposely cut out certain things that they don't deem necessary, which I f- personally find necessary. I think other halves of conversations are necessary. Mm-hmm. I think a long walk downstairs is not necessary. Yeah, and we'll we'll fi- find more in season two. I feel mm-hmm. like they go to that to the extreme, mm-hmm. where they um, you know, they they uh have these ideas of how to you know, of how to shape the show and how to set and say what each show is about. And it just makes it more and more confusing. Yeah. So yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm still kind of lost as to what this show, what, what they want their message of this show to be about. I would say the two things I like one, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. The Boulay brothers concepts for looks, um, are strong across the entire run of both seasons okay so i'll say that right across the board they look amazing every season and every yeah. um, and nearly every almost every episode okay yeah uh what i also like and i said this earlier that it's not just a diversity in terms of race but it's a kind of drag queen that you would never see on rupaul's drag race they're not no. as polished they're more real they're more down to earth they're more your local drag queen than you would see. They're not necessarily there. There's definitely a RuPaul's Drag Race aesthetic, and you have to fit that aesthetic to get on the show. And these are the people who would never, who would never make it on that show because they just don't. And I'm not, and I'm not putting a judgment on it. In fact, I'm saying it. I, I think it's amazing that this show celebrates a side of drag that would never be on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, okay? I agree. And because you know, people often uh, promote they, they they promote the idea of certain popular Dragula queens being on Drag Race, like James Majesty, like Vander Von Odd, like Melissa B. Fierce, and I'm like, I can't really see them on Drag Race. Like, they just don't really have that Drag Race thing. And yeah, and and, and I think that's the problem a lot of drag queens have with Drag Race is it, it has defined drag as far as the general public knows, but there are all these aspects of drag. So bravo to the Boulay brothers for highlighting i think an overlooked aspect of drag the thing i don't like though is the inconsistency with a lot of not just the editing not just like i feel like they have a lot of great ideas and i think you'd agree with me on this they have great ideas but then there's no they don't see them all the way through so they're half baked i feel a lot of concepts on this show are really clever but they're half baked and i think that's why you and i have such fun throughout the run of the show poking fun at it because they take it like if it's they don't go the full like 100 yards they go to 90 and then they just fall apart and then it's so easy to make fun of the last 10 you know like yeah. a, a good example i know i'm jumping ahead is the season opener for open the cold open for season two when they're at that network meeting and you're like it was a good idea but then you're like why did you take it? Like, they got an, a boardroom, they got everything, and then they just didn't finish the actual yeah. writing of it. And so, and, yeah. and, and I think that also the inconsistency with, like, the judging, you know, where, like, you know, where they eliminate somebody because we find out that Drek Morta doesn't like 90s goth boots, you know? Yeah. And you're like, who knew this? Yeah. And how were they supposed to know it? Yeah. Why were they know? supposed to know it? It actually fit the challenge. But then Jack so, doesn't know it. Yeah. And, and, yeah, so, and there's it, all this. It's yeah. a weird, 
There are these invisible uh, hoops that you're supposed to yeah. know that they have, and you're able to jump through them, but they don't tell you what they are. And so there's an inconsistency. But I will say more than Drag Race, it doesn't seem as produced as Drag Race. I really do think that the the com- the competitors really do have a fair shot going in every episode. Uh, but then it's just the, the, the judging isn't super consistent. But I do think the Boulay brothers are trying to be fair. I don't know. That's my yeah, overall take I, on the I, show. I think so too. I think I think if we were to talk, look at it like a cooking show, I think that Dragula is kind of like Top Chef, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like an, in my opinion, unrealistic look at what day to day drag is. Mm-hmm. And I think that Dragula to me shows like, oh, this is like you know, mm-hmm. these are like day to day drag queens. These are like drag queens you would see at like you know like mm-hmm. a drag show. Mm-hmm. in like you know your local town or something mm-hmm. and so that's why i like it because you just know that these are people who are just this is their this is something they strive to do this is their dream this is their craft mm-hmm. oh that's what i wanted to ask i forgot i just sorry i was looking through vi- old videos because i knew there was something i forgot what the hell happened to meatball and that she had a condom stuck to her shirt oh like halfway yes. through the, the the extermination i thought that was part of her costume i will almost went back. no i was gonna bring them like why is there a condom stuck to her like blouse when they were interviewing her right in the and afterwards yeah. and i was like like literally right at the end when they pour the water right mm-hmm. she has no condom then condom and then it stuck to her shirt throughout when she's talking about and i'm like what where did the condom come from I don't know. All right. gonna... I think I think that's the big I'm glad question you noticed that, that this show needs to answer is where did the condom come from? I'm glad you noticed that. I am really, really glad you noticed that because I that I was like, maybe that was just part of her episode. All right, well let's just call it there. Guys, thank you so much for, for joining us for this uh uh redux episode of season one episode one make sure and listen to all the episodes they're going to come out every you probably have a batch in front of you right now but they're going to come out every week until we finish season two and we're going to also cover season three so well uh, at that we'll leave it at that that concludes this week's episode of hello uglies make sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to dissect discuss and deconstruct both seasons of dracula so until next week so long, long Uglies. Shut up. Lori Roggenkamp hosts her own podcast called The Bloody Mary Podcast with Maria and Lori. It's available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Instagram at LROG, that's L-R-O-G-G, and on Twitter at Lori Roggenkamp, that's L-A-U-R-I-R-O-G-G-E-N-K-A-M-P. Joe Batance is one of the hosts of the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Podcast. You can find that show on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Joe Batance on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. Hello Uglies is hosted by two people who give their dumb opinions on a show that's widely available on the internet. So it goes without saying that Hello Uglies has nothing to do with the following. The Boulay Brothers, Dragula, Hey Queen, Johnny McGovern, Lady Red Couture, Any Gay Pimps, Amazon Prime, Optimus Prime, Jeff Bezos, the characters of Dracula, Elvira, Vampira, Blackula, Bella Lugosi, Layla Bugosi, Out TV, Outfest, In and Out, RuPaul, Ruth Paul, Rude Paul, The Plot to Assassinate Fidel Castro, Your House When I Got TP to 1996, and any event that ever happened ever. 
Hello Uglies is an Afterthought Media production.